The friends and partners of Kevin Inman Ministries present Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. Pastor Kevin is committed to equipping you to earnestly contend for the faith. For more information on Pastor Kevin and Contenders Radio, please visit our website at www.kevininman.org. That's www.kevininman.org. Hello and welcome to another edition of Contenders Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Inman, and we are still out of our normal studios today. We're finishing up a week of mission work, of service work out in Canyon Lake, Texas. Uh, We've been here with a group from Melanie Park Church in Lubbock, Texas. So hello again to the youth of Melanie Park Church in Lubbock, Texas. This was a great group to work with. They had great leaders. I've never seen a group so willing to serve. We even joked about taking them to the San Antonio Zoo to uh, shovel up. um, Let's see, how can you say this on air? To shovel up the elephant waste. Is that uh, acceptable? I'm looking around. I've got uh, no confirmation here. So we're going to go with it uh, anyway. But uh, yeah, so they were willing to do that. We also threatened one day to take them to the dump out in uh, New Braunfels area of Texas. And uh, they were just going to be picking up trash at the dump. I mean, what else would you do out at the dump? That's where the trash is. And they were all yelling and screaming. Woohoo! They were ready and excited, willing, ready, excited, all of those things. But anyway, great group of uh, folks from uh, Melanie Park Church there in Lubbock, Texas. So shout out to you guys once again. But let's get back to the matter in hand. Last time when we were together, we were talking about the riches of our grace, or, or rather, excuse me, the riches of His grace, what He's given to us, bestowed upon us, the riches of the grace that are now ours in Christ Jesus. And we looked at some before and after photos, if you will, what it looked like before we were saved versus what it looks like now. And, um, Folks, it's just beyond comparison, the before and the after. And so we are, as someone has so so uh, perfectly stated, we are spiritual billionaires in Christ now, and praise God for that. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 8 9, it says, You know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you... Uh, through his poverty, might become rich. The believer who is a child of the king uh, is just that. We are rich in Christ. And and though I guess it's possible for us to live as if we are a pauper rather than living as if we're a prince or a princess, depending on if you're male or female, and just remember once again that there are only two uh, sexes of humanity. There's one race, the human race, and there are male and female within our human race. And so we can act like a prince or a princess, depending on whether we are male or female. But still, there are children of the king who walk around still living defeated, living as if they have no spiritual resources available to them, living as if they have indeed never changed. And so there are a number of things that are true of us before Christ saves us, just as there are many, many things, uh, 200 plus things that become true of us the moment we become saved, the moment Christ saves us, the moment he redeems us. And so 
I know last time we looked at a number of things, I think 10 things or so, that were true of us before we were saved, such as we were ignorant in our worship, we were evildoers deserving judgment, uh, we were of the world and we were from below, we were still in our sins, we were children of the devil even. And, and John eight forty four tells us uh, just that, that there are, there are children of the devil or there are children of God. Jesus talking to those religious leaders says, you are of your father, the devil. And so um, there's no middle ground and it takes it takes God saving us and according to Ephesians and elsewhere in the scriptures it takes God adopting us into his family uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world he goes on to say that uh, in verse 5 he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will and to the praise of the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved and it just goes on from there. Powerful passage. We looked at many of those verses last week there in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians chapter 2 as well. But today, we want to focus on this idea. Again, who were we before? Who are we now in Christ? And and there's a big point we'll make at the end of our broadcast time today. So stay with us. But let's look at a few things. Just remember back and 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 listen. I, I don't like dwelling on the past. And in fact, um, used to when I was a new believer, folks would talk about how to share our faith and how to tell people. Uh, about Christ, and we would give our testimony, and and that's a great thing. And and the folks that that taught us, they meant well, they were well intended. But through the years, I've come to realize that uh, a lot of what I was told about how to share my faith wasn't necessarily the most helpful way of doing that. It seemed to dwell a lot on who I was, and 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 maybe that's just the way I took it, and I took it wrongly. But but I can remember talking about who I was to the to to the point where. It was almost as if I was relishing in in the old me, talking about what I used to do, how I used to live it up this way and do that and take this and take that and use this and use that and 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 i made I made that old life sound good in fact oftentimes i I found myself relishing in in those olden days and folks listen that is that is not of God, and that is not helpful it 's not beneficial for us. Uh, as Christians, to 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 think about those things specific, specifically, excuse me, it's also not helpful for our our hearers, for the ones we're trying to talk about the Lord. But but today, and as we did last time, just remember what the Bible says about who we were before Christ saved us. So to start afresh here, we were Christ rejectors, Christ rejectors, and. We may not have verbally, um, specifically, again, I'm trying to make sure I can say that word still, specifically, but uh, we may not have verbally said, I reject Christ, I renounce Christ, but we were. Uh, John 12, 48 says, he who rejects me and does not receive my sayings uh, has one who judges him. The word I spoke uh, is what will judge him at the last day. And so the one who rejects Christ, the one who rejects Christ, who is... Again, the one who is not in Christ, who has not been saved by Christ, we are rejectors of Christ, and because we're we're in our sins and we're we're of the world, we're evildoers and we're children of the devil, uh, so to speak. And so that's the way John put it in John eight forty four. We were Christ haters before we were saved, and you may be thinking, "Whoa, I never hated Christ." 
But the Bible says, if the world hates you, in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. The, the, and that was us. If we're of the world, we're outside of Christ, and we, we are by our very nature, the nature we're born into, that sinful nature. We're haters of Christ, and, and we're haters of those who belong to Christ. Uh, John 17, 14, Jesus continuing uh, much with that same idea, says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. People of the world, by their nature, their fallen nature, despise, loathe, hate God and those of God, the ways of God, even those of, of God. Also, not only did we reject Christ, not only were we haters of Christ, but we were, we were under the power of Satan himself. Uh, Acts chapter 26 verse 18 speaks to that very thing that, that uh, uh, in fact, uh, there's a prayer here that, that the eyes would be open so that they would turn from darkness to light, the eyes of those who are lost, who are, who, who are of the world, that they would uh, come from the dominion of Satan to the dominion of God, that they would receive forgiveness of sins and, and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in Christ. And so uh, we, we know that before Christ saved us, that's, that was true of us. That was true of us. First John five nineteen agrees. It says that we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So the Bible's very clear. We're either children of, of God or we're children of Satan. And now we're not born as children of God. We are naturally born separated from God, steeped in sin at birth. No righteousness of our own, no righteousness in us. And friends, listen, this is, this is something that the world despises. The world loathes hearing those types of statements. And right now, it seems, especially here in America, I can't attest to everything that goes on around the world. I can't even attest to everything here in America, but I see more of this uh, of late. It seems like, it, it seems like the older I get, and, and really just in the last few years, and, and, and I would even say in the last year, it just seems to have grown exponentially, this, this animosity towards anything of, of biblical Christianity, this animosity towards, towards um, the Bible, towards Bible-believing Christians. And, and in fact, I, I just read to, today um, Lady Gaga— that great theologian, right? Uh, now I'm I'm being facetious here, but but Lady Gaga, who has some talent, and I know a lot of people think she's very talented. I'm not one of those people, but that's just a matter of opinion. Apparently, she she does have talent. Uh, I don't I don't like her taste in meat suits <laughs> that she's worn before, but but she is a a uh, entertainer. She is a musical icon, I guess, in this generation. But also, she has now got gotten on to the social justice bandwagon and she has started some type of um some type of 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 group i forgot what it's called a project there's like a study group and and uh and the 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 leader of her group i forget the lady's name i'll have to find that at a later point but you can google this, this is all across the internet um but she basically said that evangelicals are the most dangerous people on the planet that they are a liability and the problem so Lady Gaga, her leader of her organization and others like her, this is, not, this is not a foreign thing any longer. This has become the norm, sadly, even in the United States of America, a country that was founded uh, for religious freedom, um, political freedoms as well. But, but primarily uh, those that came over first, pilgrims, Puritans, um, those folks came for uh, the ability to worship the Lord God freely. 
And so uh, that those, those days, my friends, are 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 well behind us, and and it seems as if things will only get worse until the Lord Jesus returns. But but again, I know I'm I'm chasing a bit of a rabbit trail there, and I know also that you are used to those rabbit trails, but but just know that that folks hate Christ. They hate Christ. They hate um they 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 reject Christ. They they are under the power of Satan. And that's what 1 John 5:19 is talking about. Back to that verse, we we in Christ now have been delivered. We've been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son according to Colossians chapter 1. But John 1 John 5:19 says that we know we're of God and that the whole world then lies under the power of the evil one. The world here, not meaning the planet, not meaning planet Earth, but the world system, the people of the world, those who are outside of Christ, they're under the power of Satan, of Lucifer, of the evil one. And so we can't expect them to act differently. We can't expect them to accept Christianity. But friends, we are seeing more and more Christianity being pushed out as the, not just the opposition, and we're not just being pushed aside as if we're irrelevant, we're being seen as those who stand in the way of human progress in this country and in this world. There will be a day, should the Lord tear in His return, when I believe we will see it. I, I do, sadly, and I'm trying to prepare our family and our church members and, and, and those that we have influence over, trying to prepare them that, listen, Listen, there's no great end-time revival as some of the New Apostolic Reformation and, 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 and those types try to, try to teach. The Bible tells us that, that the days will get darker before the return of Christ, especially when the church has been raptured out of this world. Can you imagine the chaos that will be unleashed upon this planet? And if you can't imagine it, I would invite you to read the book of Revelation, starting at chapter 4, and you will see what happens when the tribulation begins. When the tribulation begins. We are studying the book of Revelation on Wednesday nights at our church, and those recordings are available on our website at at uh, gpehchurch.com. That's gapachurch.com. Stands for Grace Point Eagle Heights. Um, but gapachurch.com. You can also find here on our website at kevininman.org. Kevininman.org. That's Kevin, I-N-M-A-N.org. Uh, you can find those studies from our long and the short videos, the long and the short of it, featuring myself and Brad Wilson, my pal, my friend, uh, my fellow... Um, uh, servant here at Grace Point Eagle Heights. Um, so you can catch those uh, videos have uh, have a lot. We've done a lot of uh, uh, from the book of Revelation. Excuse me. I'm uh, getting all tongue tied here, but we have done a lot there. And so you can find those and see and, and follow along in that study if you're interested. But the book of Revelation tells us what's coming. So do other books as well of the Bible. We see throughout Old and New Testament alike, uh, passage after passage talking about the second coming of Christ. We see passages about the rapture of the church and certainly about the tribulation and how dark things will be before the dawn of the return of Christ. And what a day that's going to be, the return of Jesus Christ, when he comes to, uh, well, to, to set, at his second coming, to set up his millennial kingdom. He will strike down his, his enemies. He'll strike down those who have rejected him, those who are of, of the devil, those who are under the influence of the devil. And uh, he will do so by the word of his mouth, that sword of the word of his mouth. And it's going to be a magnificent time. But just a moment, we're going to be back. We've got a commercial break coming up, but we'll be back and we'll look at now some of the things that the Bible says are true of us since Christ has saved us. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. 
Hey, just a reminder that you are listening to Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. You can find us on the web at www.kevininman.org. That's www.kevininman.org. You can also find us at contendersradio.com. That's www.contendersradio.com. Be sure and check out the website. On the site, you will find some resources, some articles and whatnot, but you'll also be able to listen to any of the episodes that you have missed right there on the site, on the free audio player, or you can always download the broadcast to listen at your own convenience, even setting up your iPod or your MP3 player to automatically download each new episode as it comes out every single week. What a bargain, and as always, it's free, and free is a very good Rice. Welcome back to Contenders Radio. This is Kevin Inman. Again, we're talking about the riches of His grace, the riches of grace we have in Christ Jesus, thinking of all the things that are true of us now that Jesus Christ has saved us. There were things true of us before Christ. We were children of the devil. We were Christ haters, all of those things. We were of the world system. There's many more things we could talk about, but there are also a tremendous amount of things that are true of us now in Christ. So let's look at a few of those before we run out of time here today. One thing that is true of us now is that we have been made fit for heaven. When Christ saves us, he makes us fit now for heaven. Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, in fact, let me just start at verse 9. The verse is 12 that we want to focus in on, but uh, I hate jumping right into the middle of a sentence. So let's start at verse 9 where we get the beginning of this, this sentence. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And folks, listen, let me just add in here, uh, not add to the scripture, but let me just interject here on the radio. Folks, we need, as Christians, we need to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, forsaking sin, putting off the works of the flesh, the deeds of darkness, and putting on those fruitful things, those fruit of the Spirit, uh, are that fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those things, we should walk in love, in holiness, in purity, all of those things. But back to this verse, verse 10 now. We are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously given thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Folks, listen, he has made us fit for heaven. He has qualified us for our inheritance as saints in the Lord. He's qualified us for heaven he has done that for us. And it goes on to say another thing. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. He has now taken us from darkness and moved us into light. That is something else that the Lord God has done for us. He's done that. And, and it goes on in verse 14. If I can just keep going here because Colossians is just powerful, powerful, powerful. This word is. So not only has he now qualified us to share in his inheritance by, by making us fit for heaven, not, not only has he now transferred us from darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, the kingdom of light, but also it says in verse 14, in him, meaning 
Christ, the beloved Son, in Christ, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So, folks, listen, he has completely just forgiven us of our sins. That's what Colossians 1.14, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So he's redeemed us now. He's redeemed us. He has purchase us from the slave market of sin. It's as if we're standing up, and I know slavery is uh, is one of those topics we shouldn't be talking about today, according to political correctness, right? But, but folks, the picture, the imagery is so vivid, and it's so true, because we're bound to darkness. We're slaves of our passions, of our lusts. We're slaves to sin, to this world system. We're, we're children of Satan until he purchases us. Jesus has purchased us with his own blood, by grace we have been saved. Amen? And that's what this is talking about. He has now rescued us. How? By purchasing us with his own blood, by transferring us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. That is what the Lord God has done for us. That's what he's done for us. He has done it. He, praise God for Jesus. Amen? God, back to Ephesians uh, chapter 2 verse 4, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgression made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved. And not only that, verse 6 says, he raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what God has done for us. That's exactly what he's done for us. And he did so at the expense of his own son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. That's verse 17. We usually don't talk about that one, but that's right there after verse 16, obviously. So God has rescued us through Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice. He's redeemed us. He's given us now the forgiveness of sins. Ephesians 1, 7 says the same thing. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, fancy word for sin, okay? The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So the same thing. God has made us fit for heaven. He's transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. He's given us redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, the forgiveness of our sins. Ephesians 1.7, Colossians 1.14, they sound very, very much the same, very similar. They were both written about the same time, all right? And these letters were circulated. Of course, they're going to sound similar. Paul, the same author, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to these two different congregations, very much the same content in Ephesians and in Colossians. But we have that forgiveness of sins in Christ, and praise God for that. Another way of looking at at that aspect about our sins being forgiven, we could say that our sins have been taken away because that's what the Bible says in John 1, 29. The next day he, meaning John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What Jesus does, what, what, what John was seeing, what he was saying. And, and, and really, I, I guess we would say he's prophesying in, in this aspect because John sees Jesus, who was his cousin, humanly speaking. Uh, their mothers were related, remember, Mary um, 
and Elizabeth, but John the Baptist sees, and he's not like a Southern Baptist or even an independent fundamentalist Baptist. He's John the Baptizer. He was baptizing uh, under the law, still under the um, the Jewish code uh, for remission of sins, okay? And uh, this is pre-Christ. Even Jesus himself was faithful to the law and uh, obedient to the law and allowed John to baptize him. Remember, John didn't want to do it. He's, I can't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. Jesus says, permit it to be so, uh, to fulfill all righteousness. And so, again, that's not a works righteousness. He's just doing so as a Jew under the law, under their system of law. But again, John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That is what Jesus has done, his sacrifice on the cross, paying for our sins, paying for our sins. And someone might stop and ask, Well, wait a minute. If he pays for the sins of the world, then everyone's saved, Right. Doesn't that mean that everyone's saved? Well, I wish it was so, but that's not true. And it doesn't matter who tries to teach that. Folks, that's not what the Bible says. He, he, his sacrifice is such that it would, would be sufficient to pay for the sins of the world, but it's not, it's not applied to everyone's sin. The Bible also tells us in John 1, verse 12 and following, it says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And it, it, so, so even to those, this is the same people. You have to receive Christ believing in his name. It's just a, a, another way of saying that. It doesn't mean a different group of people. It's the same people. The ones who receive Christ are the ones who believe in his name. And what does he do for those? He gives them the right to be children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You see, they're born of God. It starts with God. Salvation starts with God. It always has. It always has. The very faith we have that, that we exercise to believe is graced to us. It's given to us by God. Again, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourself. What not of yourself? The grace, the faith, all of it. It's all from God. He gives it to us. He graces it to us. He imparts it to us. That's, that's, a, that's a good word. He imparts it to us. It's the imputation. We get the righteousness of God credited, the righteousness of Christ credited into our spiritual bank account, and then all of our sinfulness gets deposited onto Christ, into his spiritual bank account, so to speak. That's why he was able to pay for our sins on the cross of Calvary. Christ well, the Bible says that God made him who knew no sin, speaking of Christ Jesus, uh, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We might become the righteousness of God in him. He has taken away our sins. First John 3, 5 tells us such. He says, you know that he has appeared in order to take away sins. And in him, there is no sin. Jesus, the holy one, the sinless one, the perfect one, took our sins. He took our sins away. Praise God for that. But here's another thing. Not only has he made us fit for heaven, not only has he forgiven us of our sins, not only has he transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, not only uh, those things, but, uh, oh, not only have our sins been taken away, but also our sins have been completely purged. Now think about this. 
He's taken our sins away. He's forgiven us of our sins. He's made us fit for heaven. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 1.3 that he has completely purged our sins. Here's what Hebrews 1.3 says, that he, Jesus, is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, meaning of the Father, of God, the Father. So Jesus is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. What is that saying? That when Jesus, who was acting as our high priest, made um, the purification of sins, all right, by his blood sacrifice on the cross, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. The priest, his work was never done. He could never sit down on duty, so to speak. The high priest never got to do so. Why? Because people would keep sinning, and the high priest, year after year after year after year, would have to continually offer up sacrifices. But Jesus Christ, the perfect God-man, our perfect Savior, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God— paid for our sins once and for all. He made purification for for our sins. He has completely purged our sins away. Now, here's the other thing. Hebrews goes on to tell us in chapter 8, verse 12. Hebrews 8, 12 says, uh, and this is God speaking. He says, for I will be merciful to their iniquities and I'll remember their sins no more. So these sins he's forgiven, these sins he's taken away, these sins he's completely purged, these sins he will never remember again. He won't remember them again. Chapter 10, verse 17, he goes on to say much the same way, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Folks, do you understand? Do you understand what the Lord God is saying here in his word, in the word of God, that not only does he take away our sin, uh, forgive us of all our sin, purge us of all our sin completely, but he will never remember those sins any longer. Folks, listen, you know what that means? That means that your salvation is complete and your salvation is secure. Now, folks, listen, I know a lot of people get upset. Oh, once saved, always saved. The biggest heresy that there is, and, and, or, or at least among them. I've heard all sorts of things. But, folks, listen, if you could lose your salvation, you know what? You would. Not you could. If you could, you would. You absolutely would because none of us are good enough to be right before God. None of us are smart enough. None of us can make it on our own. None of us are strong enough and pure enough to keep ourselves saved. We are saved by grace through faith in the work of another, and that other is Jesus Christ alone. Jesus saves us, and praise God for that, because we need a Savior. Amen? We need a Savior who can rescue us. We're looking for a hero. We'll look no further, because Jesus Christ is the hero. He's the rescuer. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us, period, into the kingdom of the beloved son. Transferred, past tense. When you're saved, he takes you out of darkness and brings you into light. Now listen, for those who may be listening, who have been led to believe that you can lose your salvation, first of all, know this. If you're truly saved, you're truly eternally saved. All right. I'm not saying that everybody who's ever walked the aisle and shook hands with a preacher and you know shed a few tears and even been baptized, I'm not saying that, that all those people are necessarily saved. The Lord knows their hearts, their true condition. I, I don't. I am not the Lord. What we do is judge fruit. We are commanded to judge fruit, John chapter 15, to be fruit inspectors and see if their walk lines up with what they profess to believe, right? So that's, that's all good and fine. But folks, listen, what I'm saying is those people 
those people who have truly been forgiven of their sins by Jesus, those people whose sins have been taken away by Jesus, those people whose sins have been completely purged by Jesus, and those people who Jesus says will that he will never remember their sins again, where, where God says in Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10 that he will not remember their sins any longer, those people are secure in their salvation. Those who those things are true of, they are true eternally of them. Do you understand? Friends, listen. Do you understand that, again, I know I said this, but listen, if you could lose your salvation, you would. And do you understand what, would that, what that would mean? That would mean that all of a sudden, Colossians 1.12, you've been made fit for heaven. Oh, but now, oh, you sinned again? Well, now you're unfit for heaven. Oh, I forgave you of your sins, Ephesians 1.7, Colossians 1.14. Oh, but you've sinned again? Oh, well, now you're unforgiven of those other sins. Do you see how absurd that is? My sins have been taken away, uh, taken away from me, John 1, 29, Hebrews 9, 26, 1 John 3, 5. Oh, but wait, I'm going to give them back to you. You're going to have to pay for those sins now. I'll pay for them. Oh, no, wait, you sin. Oh, no, now you're going to have to pay for them. Folks, what kind of God would God be? <laughs> what kind of God would that be? He wouldn't be any God at all. He especially would not be the God of the Bible. He would not be the Christian God, the biblical God. Jesus is not saying, God is not saying, my sins will never be remembered anymore. Oh, until you sin again. Oh, now I remember. Oh, yeah, and now they're all coming back to me. That's not what the Word of God teaches. Friends, all of these things that become true of us when we're saved, they're true of us eternally, forever, forever and ever. Amen. Now, friends, next time we get together, we're going to look at more of this, and we'll talk more about how this speaks to our eternal security in Christ, because when Jesus saves, he soundly saves, he securely saves. Until next time, God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast of Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. For more information on this or other broadcasts, please log on to our website, contendersradio.com. That's contendersradio.com. You can also find us on the web at kevininman.org. That's kevininman.org. There you will find podcast episodes, blog posts, study helps, and more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks again for listening. And may God bless you in your pursuit of the truth.